India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is the 23rd of December 2020 as we enter the final 2 weeks of this calendar year this is Rohit Shivastav founder of India Charts taking a deep dive into the state of the markets One of the news events that's flashed around for the last couple of days has been the return of covid or rather a mutant or a new strain of the coronavirus. Now it was not something that should have been completely new, but what you would have ideally liked is that the new mutations are actually weaker than the previous ones. I actually spoke about that in one of my early podcasts that this will at least take a couple of years before we are behind mm-hmm. the virus itself as it mutates, as it changes and probably dies of exhaustion. that's the ideal situation yes the vaccines do help in terms of helping curing people better you know and providing that kind of relief that you're not going to go out and simply fall sick or maybe have some serious side effects but at the same time uh, viruses do not you know simply uh, end because of the existence of a uh, vaccine so uh, the vaccine is more an immediate measure uh, and it's something that you know you have to you know keep doing over time there can always be uh, new comebacks it's the, the virus itself has to pass away that's just the history uh, the knowledge so far about the virus's new strain is that it's very very similar to the earlier one in terms of impact except that it spreads faster that's about what you know and a lot of this is based on tests that have been done and basic data that is available you only know uh, the reality uh, after a period of time which is uh, once these vaccines have been given out and you find that the new strains are not really you know creating any other impact than uh, what you usually expected then you have more fact behind saying this so this is the uh, immediate expectation that you know it's uh, going to respond as well that as it did uh, previously but uh, you'll only know in fact later on similarly uh, it's expected to spread faster that's the initial evidence and uh, that may lead to more cases is what is found in europe has it really already spread around the world is something again we'll only know after a couple of weeks so these are the near term uncertainties that we deal with the only positive side to it is that governments have been more proactive uh, than the uh, you know throughout this time period and therefore more prepared to deal with the situation uh, but yes if if spikes happen very very fast uh, then it definitely exhausts the system so far that's not where we are Uh, in fact even if we go back to march we were proactive in shutting down as far as india is concerned even when uh, the cases had still not shown up and uh, that's what we also doing now we've had we've got night curfews at least in uh, some of the cities in mumbai definitely and so let's hope for the best uh, and the other big news uh, overnight has been the passing of the us stimulus bill there's still debate on how much it goes to americans and how much money goes out but one of the direct impacts of that is that if a lot of money is being given out to various uh, you know foreign countries and other counterparts then that has a direct bearing on the dollar so uh, the dollar situation remains we did see a spike on the dollar on monday but it hit the 20 day moving average and sold off from there so it hasn't become a big bounce as yet and we continue to monitor that Uh, because when something has been falling relentlessly for weeks then you always fear that well when it gets oversold what's going to happen is it going to be a larger move and on the other hand if this is part of a third wave decline the way we study it in terms of elliot waves 
then every bound should just be a counter trend move and then the trend down should continue that's what you typically get so unless uh, we get clear evidence that you know something bigger is on uh, we'll still continue to look at everything as a, a small move up 91 91 half might be the uh, short term to you know immediate resistance levels from where uh, the dxy can actually start selling off again so we'll continue to monitor that uh, and as far, as far as our markets are concerned once again we got a knee-jerk reaction except that this one was bigger than all the previous ones we got we would have probably liked to get a bigger one earlier because uh, even in uh, november uh, when when the market was looking slightly exhaustive uh, we did get a one day sell-off uh, but it was not very big not as big as this one uh, but enough to bring down at least the daily rsi a bit and then we rallied from there on and then that rally had couple of pause days but not any big days you know so you had these 20 30 point days which were negative and the market continued higher and what that ended up doing last week is pushing the rsi into uh, you know pretty high territory uh, and what was hard to call is when on the one side you could keep saying it's overbought every day uh, but will it stop at an 80 rsi or an 85 rsi because the nifty had touched 80 last week uh, you had a couple of other indices like the mid cap index at you know 84 85 you had the uh, metals index also at a higher level and so uh, all of them were getting uh, somewhere uh, you know needed that relief and that relief could only come from a knee jerk so on sunday in my weekly note i actually wrote that apart from a one day knee jerk reaction i don't know if we really have a trend change uh, but what I was really thinking was probably 1-2% given that recently we haven't had bigger knee-jerk reactions but we ended up getting a 6% intraday move. Uh, the net closing was of course not more than 3.5% but enough to bring down the RSI from those 80 levels all the way into the 50s. So now you are at 51, 55, 53 for these indices and that means you are out of what is called an extreme overbought situation. The second thing with the RSI indicators, rarely do you get a peak or a major top simply on a high reading. So usually what happens is that uh, you'll at least, you know, especially when you have a high reading because high readings mean that you have a strong trending market and that means the trend is still strong and might continue higher and it's only later after maybe you build some negative divergences with price that you actually get a major reaction if at all. So uh, the next thing to really look out for is a move back to retest the highs, maybe develop negative divergences and only then I would probably take a call whether this move is ending. Right now, so far, we've taken support on the 20-day average and we'll continue to monitor that, which is at 13,315 uh, day before uh, the data point would have moved up a little bit over the last, uh, over yesterday and will further today. But essentially, looking at that on a closing basis, still holding support and we've seen a slightly deeper cut in, of course, the bank nifty uh, closer to the 30,100 level, which is the uh, lower Bollinger Band on charts. And so these supports what we continue to monitor and expect that you know they'll hold and uh, drive uh, prices higher again that's the i think uh, general expectation that uh, we'll work around and uh, many other world markets in fact especially the us have actually not reacted that negatively to this news flow as probably our own market did in fact even when you look at it across asia it was a normal reaction you had some intraday moves but end of the day, they were all normal reactions. I think uh, when you look at it in hindsight, India probably had the sharpest reaction uh, on Monday. So it might have to do more than just the news flow. It might have to do with the positioning, which means there may have been a lot of short-term traders with positions, maybe margin positions, something that you couldn't judge. And that all came to unwind, which is why you saw a lot of mid-cap selling 
stocks you know sell, suddenly selling of 5577% and this too after a rally that had not been very strong in the broad market even though the mid cap index was going up it was nothing like august where you had individual stocks moving up 5 to 8% not individual in fact groups of stocks moving up 5 to 8% every day this time around there was some but it was not so across the board or in terms of big moves of course they were moving up which is why you had the mid cap index rising so this uh, sell off i think probably at least on the, at the rsi level creates room for you know the move to actually continue higher so that's probably the positive side of it so we have had uh, that pull back we've brought us out of what was extreme territory and what we really watch out for is trend continuation unless there's a clear sign that we are starting to make lower lows and lower highs that would be the first signal of a trend reversal that can last uh, you know in the medium term otherwise uh, the momentum itself in in lot of the individual sectors for example uh, technology because you have both the nasdaq yesterday closing at an all time high and even intraday making an all time high and tech stocks of course yesterday in india were one of the biggest drivers for the index and also up uh, today morning so Uh, the technology sector continues to remain in favor so there's always some sector driving and it was pretty slow in picking up in the early stages of this rally so now it's picking up in the late stages which is very similar to what the pharma sector has also done and many people view these two as defensive sectors as well though it may have moved from defensive to growth over the last 8 to 9 months because uh, the it sector has become one of the best performing during uh, the pandemic Uh, even on the business side not just in terms of price performance and therefore it's getting a lot of the attention as well what you do see though is very quickly a lot of people's negative sentiment comes out especially if you're watching places like twitter or you know, talking to people moment you get an eager reaction everybody is looking for the big correction big sell off or the crash uh, retest of 6000 going back to 7500 and so on and this despite a lot which has happened i mean there were at least some narratives that you could debate in june and july on something like that happening now at this level uh, the debate probably gets much more narrower uh, because a lot of positive things too have happened in the time period the key debate then will go back to one thing that well markets have moved up so much that valuations have really stretched especially when you look at things like the pe ratio of the index and so that's definitely hitting 29 30 times typically seen at peak Uh, when you seen uh, you know major tops like 2008 or the year 2000 the key differentiator though is that at those points of time you also had a high price to book uh, ratio or other ratios coincide with it so there's this disparity and you can get into a debate whether which one is right or wrong because if you look at say something like the market cap to gdp uh, i would have thought that would also be lower because gdp would have grown over time but of course you had this sharp reaction on gdp numbers over the last year Uh, so the m cap to gdp in india's case a year back being over 100 and you know over 100% had dropped sharply and now is back at the same level so that's another place where people would suddenly get concerned about uh, you know whether you're getting uh, whether this move can really continue or it is likely to stall uh, but on the other hand like i said price to book and i saw another ratio today which is uh, you know uh, the earnings to gdp okay so if you're looking at earnings uh, to gdp then you actually find that uh, earnings growth is you know really been at the low end and so in terms uh, for in a ratio to gdp it's like uh, you know in single digits 2 and a half something percent the average is 3.5 and uh, at the peak it can go up to you no know, 4 5 6% so uh, we've really seen that number at the low end 
way back, which is uh, in 2001-2002. And so the one comparison that you can you know make is with the year 2000, when uh, these numbers were low, but you also had the tech bubble. And uh, the tech bubble busted, uh, the ratio still remained low all the way into 2001 and picked up only after that when earnings growth really came back to the broad market and was not only based on the technology sector. And uh, that's when that number expanded to the higher end of the range during a bull market. So are we really going to enter that kind of phase or are we really at the end of the bubble phase? Given that the markets have rallied, you'd want to believe that you're at the end of the bubble phase. Uh, but a bubble phase also means that uh, it doesn't just end because prices have moved up too much. Sometimes those moves continue uh, to further extremes. And in fact, the broad market uh, usually uh, in bubbles end up, ends up being the best performing for that time period. And we are still not at the peak in terms of relative performance of you know mid caps or small caps to the nifty, which is one thing missing. So even if this is a bubble and it's been, you know, has uh, similarities to Y2K, I would say, that it probably still has way to go and needs to spike further on the broad market uh, to make it look like the same has happened. Another fact that which you can mix up with this and that's the macro factor which we've uh, discussed right at the beginning and everybody's now learnt it's something to watch is the dollar itself. Uh, when the Y2K bug was going on and you had the Y2K bubble, what really popped it is that you also had the dollar rally. So the dollar was in a bull market all the way till 2001. And uh, during that last phase when that pop happened, the dollar index was actually going up. So it had its final rally up. And then the, during the following bull market, which was essentially an emerging markets boom uh, from 2001 to 2008, uh, you, the dollar was actually in a bear market, a seven-year bear trend. So what have we really seen this year? The only time when the dollar was going up was actually in March of 2020. So that was the last spike it went back to where the dollar index was in 2017, making a double top. So definitely at that point of time, you could have said this is the dollar spike, which is causing things to fall apart. Uh, but right now, the dollar has been actually declining for the entire following time period since March. And we cannot really say that you're in a dollar spike period to cause that kind of a pop. So it really need a major reversal in the dollar if it has to match what happened in Y2K. And if you really go to a monthly or quarterly chart, it will be completely opposite because, uh, like I said, the dollar was in a bullish trend uh, throughout the uh, 1990s. And that bullish trend, uh, you know, had a consolidation phase in the late uh, 90s when after the, uh, you know, Southeast Asian crisis and so on. And then again, the dollar rallied in the last part of it when uh, the Fed was actually raising rates. And you have a completely opposite situation here where the Fed is actually cutting rates, the dollar is falling. Even on a monthly or quarterly chart, uh, momentum indicators would not be in buy mode, but in sell mode. And so this would not really match up in terms of trying to compare these two situations. It would actually look like the panic based on the dollar already occurred in the mar in March of this year. So a lot of differentiating factors between uh, the year 2000 and now, even though we can come up with some comparisons and we it uh, looks like a bubble, there are many other factors, macro factors, which don't add up. And uh, that's where you'll really have to take a judgment on what is really going on. And uh, my sense is that, like I said, in between that, if uh, even if it is uh, something that's, uh, you know, going out of whack, then the broad market has still not done what it really does in these scenarios, which is a significant outperformance to the main indices. It is, they've definitely rallied. We've seen a rally in mid caps because they'd crashed over the last two and a half years in a bear market. 
and typically a bull run in the broad market will last for one to two years. So what you'll really need for this move to continue is the justification coming in from continuing positive data, especially on the earnings side. And we've been through the longest period of poor earnings. I mean, the entire 2015-2020 period uh, has seen earnings growth in single digits and lower single digits, even though uh, analyst projections every time were that, you know, over the next one to two years, things will pick up and go to 15-20% growth. They never got that right for the, that entire time period. And uh, the markets definitely reflected that by not growing more than, you know, 5-6% in terms of nifty CAGR during that time frame. But uh, now that you are back at similar uh, valuations uh, at an index level, you would really require earnings to catch up and justify it. Else, definitely, uh, you've reached the scary end of the stick. So, next couple of quarters or next couple of months, I think that's the first thing you're going to be watching out for. You also want to watch out as we head into the budget whether the government can come up with a second round of, you know, measures that continue to drive economic activity. They've definitely done a lot for this year and probably there's no more room for, for them to do anything more for the current financial year. They'll have to really create room to do more next year. And one of the things they're going to need to be able to you know, continue being on an expansionary mode is keep interest rates down, which means you really don't want inflation to take off. Inflation uh, has been elevated for this entire time period and uh, it was expected I thought that in the second half of the year, especially as you enter late winter and the crop starts coming in, that some amount of food inflationary pressures would cool off. And in any case, most central banks want to keep uh, real interest rates negative and uh, stimulate markets. So uh, we've continued to uh, maintain that so far. And if we continue to do so and keep trying to keep uh, bring down interest rates in India, then that would not only help the government, but continue to stimulate the market in a very, very different way. So watching our own interest rate policy, I think is also going to be key to seeing how far the current move can continue and what new triggers it can create. People have already started asking me whether real estate starts doing well. You'd probably think so. If this is the regime we are going to stay in uh, over a period of time, then uh, definitely it uh, has a positive impact for many interest rate sensitive sectors, those, those which are dependent on consumers borrowing and spending. Uh, what you really need though is the mood to turn more positive, uh, which uh, will only happen as progress further approve our vaccine, which is, you know, at, at least news items are saying probably by next week we may approve some vaccines and vaccinations will start in India as well. And as the mood turns positive from, that, uh, from there on, and we do not get, you know, a second wave so far. We've survived that from happening. Then we are probably closer to the end of that road. Otherwise, we definitely start looking at some volatility in the early part of 2021 once again uh, before a major move on the upside can really continue. So we'll have to watch for these signposts. But in the very short term, like I said, the technical setup is still for some extension on the upside before we even end uh, the current rally. So we cannot conclusively say that the one-day knee-jerk reaction was the end of this move. Uh, but if we do not uh, see the momentum in terms of either earnings or you know, some issue related to the pandemic in the first quarter of 2021, then that's where we'll have to weigh in some risks to the market. Uh, but that's a conclusion we should only make once we really have the signposts rather than try to preempt it. Otherwise, uh, the sheer momentum of flows and, uh, you know, trend of the market can overwhelm any kind of short side trades that we try to take, uh, which is why you'd really want a trend confirmation. 
and ideally only trade a downward move uh, when it uh, enters the third wave. That's where it will become more certain that uh, you know something has changed and you probably have daily if not even weekly indicators confirming those changes in trend. So that's, those are the multiple things we'll be watching out for over the next couple of weeks. But next two weeks of course we'll enter the holiday season. All that might end up happening is after this uh, reaction, once prices bounce a bit, they'll probably move up much more slowly into the year end. That's all I think uh, you can anticipate. And then January is where the excitement really comes back to markets as we head into the budget season. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.